Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Amen. Come on, let's get, don't sit down yet, Doug. Don't sit down yet. Because the last time somebody tried to take God's glory, they were eaten by worms. So let's give Jesus a round of applause, amen. Come on. Thank you, Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy, Lord God. You are worthy of our praise. We honor you this morning, Lord God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. You could be seated. Come on, Jesus. One thing I always ask before I preach is, Lord, just speak to your people. I, I prep, but I really want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But before I even start preaching, I just want to thank you, Oasis, um, for being so faithful to Chicago City Life Center. JP just shared a little bit, but because of your faithfulness, because of your giving, because of your serving, um, because you want to be a part of something greater than yourself, we are seeing lives changed on the south side of Chicago. Amen? So I just want to thank you. Those who came out on Tuesday, you did awesome. I, I JP, I walked through the door. I was out doing transportation, came through the door, and I'm watching people sitting at the table talking to the homeless person, talking to the single parents, talking to moms. And I'm telling you, this city needs hope. But it's the hope that's in you. It's the hope of Jesus Christ that's in you. So I just want to thank you guys for coming out and being so faithful. Amen. And, and I'm going to speak as a dad right now. I don't know if you know, but my son, Joshua, he attends here. Amen. He's part of the creative team. And somebody may be saying, why he don't go to your church? Hey, listen, the Lord has given us all free will. That, that's all I can say. I mean, I could force him, but my father in heaven doesn't force me to do anything I don't want to do. Right? Now, I ain't going to lie. I do tell him he has to go to church. I don't care where you go. You do have to go. But I thank God for this church that my son comes faithfully every Sunday. I don't wake him up. I don't force him. I don't yell at him. He gets in his car. He drives here every single Sunday. And that's because of you guys, what you guys are doing here. And as a dad, I want to say thank you. Amen. Thank you, JP. Rachel. Oh. When you get text messages that someone dies, it hurts. But when you have folks who's in ministry with you, right beside you, it helps you to carry the load. Amen? Amen. It's easy to lose despair, but when you have someone who's praying for you and believing in what you're doing, it makes it a little bit lighter. So thank you guys for being so faithful. Praying, listening, encouraging, saying, how can I serve? Thank you guys. Amen? And I just wanted y'all to know that I prayed Titus. I prayed for little Titus. I've been praying when they got married. Here come the baby. They were like, no, no, no. No, 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 not yet. I said, no, you have to go through it. So I thank God for little Titus. Amen. 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 All right, Lord, speak to your children. 
couldn't orchestrate this any better. But there's a city that needs Jesus Christ. There's a city that needs Jesus Christ. But the only way that Chicago is going to know Jesus Christ is by the people who Jesus lives in. Like this city is not going to change because we have more churches and more people saying, I love Jesus, but it, they need to see the Jesus that's inside of you. And I'm believing that Oasis and other parts of the body of Christ will begin to live this out. We need to know why we believe what we believe. We need to understand why we believe what we believe. And then we need to live it out. See, the Lord just impressed on my heart that I need to share something. At the age of 19, I gave my life to the Lord. I got saved not in a church. On the seventh floor of Swiss Bank in Stanford, Connecticut, I was a security guard. And a gentleman came to me and said to me, could I give you something? And he gave me this Bible track. You ever seen a Bible track? You know, the ones you throw away or the ones you put in your back pocket and forget about? You know, the ones you pass out to people hoping that they would read it? A simple Bible track. This guy gave me a Bible track. I didn't grow up in church. You can talk to my son. He'll tell you about our family. They didn't grow up in church. They didn't know anything about this Jesus. Just really hard to the gospel. People would try to witness to me about God, and I remember looking at them and saying, I am God. I wasn't an atheist or anything. You know, all these special names and people want to come up with clever arguments. I didn't have any of that. I just did not believe in God. And they would try to ask me questions. What do you think will happen to you when you die? I said, I guess that will be it. I remember they said, where do you think your mother came from? And I would just always have something quick to say and say, she came from her mother. So where do you think her mother came from? Boy, you're going to ask me the same stupid question. <laughs> I just told you. Her mother came from her mother too. Don't ask me. I don't have no time for your little simple arguments. I don't believe in God. I am God. And on the seventh floor of Stanford, Connecticut, I read this Bible track about Jesus Christ. And I read this thing over and over and over and over again. And I began to believe that this man, Jesus Christ, died for every sin that I ever committed. And I committed some terrible sins, y'all. I didn't commit just a little sin. I committed some terrible sins in my life. And I believe that those terrible sins that I did, that this man, Jesus Christ, went to the cross. And that blood that ran down that cross, that blood cleansed me of every sin that I have ever committed. Man, I didn't have the worship team behind me. There was no lights, there was no stage, there was no pastor, but there was a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that night, I felt that I was completely cleansed. That every sin that I have ever committed was washed away in the blood. See, I didn't understand what this washed away in the blood, all that, I didn't understand that. But all I knew that night, every sin that I have ever committed was completely erased. 
I felt clean. No one convinced me to go to church. I just went. I needed to understand this thing that I believe. I needed to understand who this God is. I don't want to sing some songs. I don't just want to come to a place. I want to know about this man who just changed my life. And I went to church. And I brought my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I said, I got saved. She said, who, you? I said, me? She said, oh, man. I said, I got to go to church. Next morning, this was Saturday, Sunday morning, we went to church. She took me to her mother's church. My wife is Nigerian with my Nigerian friend. Come on. Oh, we got some A now. A. They are in the house. A Nigerian's in every church in America. They don't care. They could be the only black people in the church. They are there. Nigerians are the truth. The people could be speaking German, Spanish. There will be a Nigeria in the house. Glory, adios. Glory, adios. They're not playing. They are for real. All right, let me stop playing. Sorry, Lord, let me stop playing. But I went to church with my wife, and the pastor was preaching, and he was intense, and he was sweating. And at the end of the service, I said, what language was he speaking? She said, English. I said, I can't go there. I can't understand them. But I went and I found the church. And me and the pastor, we loved one another. I mean, my pastor is from rural Virginia. White dude. I mean, he, he tipping cows. Great, this, and he just loved me. Loved my children. And discipled me and just believed in me. Just speaking life over me, Charles, God is going to use you to do some great things. And God began to move in my life. I mean, I, got, I believe God wanted me to share that testimony with someone to let you know there's so much more than this. That God wants to use you to change a city. That if you would step out in faith, you will begin to see God do some amazing things. But we got to know why we believe what we believe. We need to understand it. And this is what I truly believe. This is what I believe. That if we truly understand what we believe, we will live it. You will live it. I asked a young girl this morning, I said, do you brush your teeth? She said, oh yeah. I said, why? She said, I don't want my breath to stink. I said, you believe that. If you brush your teeth, your breath won't stink. She said, I believe it. I know it. You understand this principle. I want my teeth to be white. I want my breath to be fresh. Yes, I understand that. So do you do it? Every day. And I believe the same thing in our Christian life. If we believe it and we understand it, we will live it. That's what people want to see. I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to. You know what stopped me from believing in God? Want me to tell you what really stopped me from believing in God? It was all the other people who said they did. It was the people around me who said, I believe in this God, but they was in the strip clubs with me. I believe, and one thing that I knew about this God was that he is good. 
but you're doing all the bad stuff that I do. So where's this God? My mother said to me, you don't believe in God? I said, no. She said, how you don't believe in God? I said, nobody modeled it for me. No one lived for this God in front of me. I can't believe in this God. I know I can't see him, but obviously you don't neither. My mother was like, my mother's Jamaican. That's when you get whooped. <laughs> Who are you talking to like that? But she just sat there and just said, well, I guess he has some, some truth. But this God radically changed my life. And today I want to challenge you. Don't be content with just saying that you believe in Jesus. You got to understand this Jesus and what he want to do in your life. You got to know it ain't cool just to get some head knowledge about Jesus. Jesus wants you to know him. And I'm telling you, when you know this Jesus, you will begin to do crazy things for Jesus. What we're doing on the south side of Chicago, man, it was because I got to know this Jesus that I was able to abandon everything that I did know. I abandoned some things. Tell me your name again. Are you related to JP? <laughs> JP family for real. JP, what's your full name again? That's your first name, right? John Mark. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to share a little bit what we talked about. But this morning, I was speaking to John Mark. That's what I'm going to call him every time I see him, John Mark. But I was speaking to John Mark this morning, and he was telling me, the Lord, I've been, I've been running from the Lord, but the Lord has a call on my life, and I'm here. I'm here. I'm not running no more. And the Lord told me, stop being comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. And I said, that's, that's a good word. That's true. Don't get comfortable. And my wife and I, we were real comfortable in New York. Family, friends, finances, everything. And the Lord called us to abandon all that and to move to the south side of Chicago. We had no job. We had no church. We had nothing. Two years of Chicago. My son is a witness to this. You can talk to him. This is real. This is not no show. We left everything in New York. Two years in Chicago, we're ministering with a couple. And they said, we've been waiting for you for 15 years. And turn the church over to us. Two and a half acres of land on the south side of Chicago. Three buildings. What? You don't even know me yet. No, no, no. We believe God saved you. I've been watching God do amazing things. And I'm just telling you, God can't do amazing things if you want to hold on to your life. I didn't even start preaching, but the word says this. The word says if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you will save it. And what I have realized is that I abandoned, we abandoned everything to follow this Jesus. And he's been doing amazing things in our life. 2017, the end of the year, 
Stop paying my mortgage because this missionary thing is real, y'all. Sometimes you have the money, sometimes you don't. You know, that's why y'all got to keep coming to church in the summertime so that JP could keep supporting the ministry. You know what I mean? He supports the ministry. But if there's no support for the ministry, he's just saying, Moody, I'm praying for you. Hope you make it through. I hope I make it through. Hey, man, if this is your church, he ain't going to say this, but I'm going to say it, all right? I don't know if he says it, but if you go on vacation, don't think you don't have to tithe no more. I mean, pay your tithe up front. God is going to bless you. He's going to take care of you. All right, that's, that's my finances 101 class. Where was I at? Pay my mortgage. Thank you. Being led by the Holy Spirit is hard sometimes. <laughs> but we wasn't able to pay our mortgage for 20 months. You know what happened when you don't pay your mortgage for almost two years? The bank usually come and take your property. Well, the property's in New York. I'm here. I'm like, I tried everything. I try to sell it. I try to pay it. We just don't have the finances. The bank then calls me. This is 2017. And says, hey, we have forgiven your debt. I said, what? I, I speak English. She said, I have forgiven your debt. I said, ah. What does that mean? When does the foreclosure process start? She said, man, this dude is like, he's simple. <laughs> Bro, we just forgave your debt. You're, you just forgave $110,000. Yes, you owe us nothing. I said, come. I, I, I want to share with you about abandonment. What happens when you abandon your life for Christ? I want to encourage you today that this thing is not just something in a book, that this word is alive. So they forgive my debt. They say you have to pay property, I mean the taxes. I said, oh, how much? I don't care. We're going to send you a 1099, and they're going to add $110,000 to your income. Well, you got to pay taxes on that. But Obama passed this law that if you owe anything less than 150, you don't pay taxes. I said, so I don't have to pay taxes. Thank you, Jesus. I call my accountant. He tells me this. And he said, so what happened to the property? I said, I don't care. Burn it. I don't want it. He said, stop playing. Just call the bank. Call the bank back. And the bank says, oh, the property's yours. We're going to send you the deed in the next couple of weeks. It's yours. It's what? You're going to give me the land in New York? Debt free? No mortgage? And God is just, I've been trying to get rid of this property for 13 years. And God, God is just saying, no, I'm, I'm about to do something. I'm, just, I'm, 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 I'm about to do something. I'm just waiting for you to just trust me. Abandoned life, you will begin to see God do some amazing things. But we got to abandon our life. But I'm telling you, when you really get to notice Jesus, that's when abandonment starts. That you'll be able to go and speak to people who you think ain't going to listen to you. I get to speak to gangbangers and the young man who you spoke, um, JP was talking about. He comes to our open gym. He's been coming for the last five years. I had four fights. No, five. Five fights in the gym in the last five years. That's a miracle in, on its own. 
This young man has been in four of them. The last time he almost got into a fight, I said, you can't come back no more. You're not coming back no more. Every time you come, you want to threaten it. I'm going to shoot the block up. I'm going to shoot the church up. I said, you can't come back because you're creating a hostile environment for us. He came back anyway, right? And he said, Pastor Moody, I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not playing. Yo, it's time for me to go already. Oh, man. I ain't even start preaching yet. This is just, this was, I was just playing. Oh, my goodness. I got to, you know, I got to go back to my church and preach. Thank you, JP. All right, okay, anyway. No, I got to get back. You know, I got to preach. I got to go back and preach. But this young man gets saved. He's weeping and he's crying. I've been trying to baptize him. And every time the time to come for him to get baptized, something happens. This morning I called and said, come on. But God is so faithful. So faithful. Putting me in the middle of a rough environment, a hostile environment, and people's lives are being transformed. So let me just hit you with this scripture verse. Ephesians 1 through 10 says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of this air. The spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were made we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming age he might show incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared and advanced for us to do. You were saved by grace. You were saved by grace, meaning that God loved us so much that he poured out his grace on his son to die for us because he wanted us to live for him. That this grace thing is what draws us to God and that we see the kindness of God. And when we see the kindness of God, we repent of our sins and say, we're going to follow you. It is by grace. There's nothing we could do. It's, he, it's, we don't deserve it. He gave it to us. And then the Bible said it's by faith. Listen, if I was to tell you I left $100, Chuck, right? I can remember your name because my name, they call me Chuck too. But Chuck, right? If I was to tell you, Chuck, there's $100 in my car waiting for you. And I gave you my keys. Would you go and get it? You would get it, right? That's an act of faith, believing in these words. 
By faith, we have to believe in this word that Jesus Christ died for this world, but that he also died for me. We can't just have faith like head knowledge that he did this. I got to believe it. And when I believe it, I could walk in it. I could walk in this, that Jesus, all that stuff that I did in the past, it don't torment me. It doesn't haunt me. It doesn't bother me. Because I believe by faith that night on the seventh floor of Swiss Bank that I believe by faith that Jesus Christ died for me, that it was finished, that it was finished, that I am justified by his, his, his love, his grace, his sacrifice. Jesus did it, but you got to put your faith in it. Don't just know that Jesus died for the worlds of the sin. Know that Jesus died for you. And when you really believe it, it's that kindness of God. You see the kindness of God. And that's when the radical transformation begins to happen in your life. I was a wretched man. I was a terrible man. But through the grace of God that he sent his son to die for me. And that I will put my faith in this Jesus. Oh, he's been doing some works in my life and then he talked about it it's a gift you know we all deserve to go to hell somebody may be like why would you say that I'm a good person according to the word of God no one is good but the father I, I, I never killed nobody you never got angry with anybody you never stole nothing you never looked at anyone with lust you never did any of these things because if you have broken one law, you are not good. And I haven't met not one person who hasn't broken the laws of God. We are not good. As human beings, we are not good. The Bible tells us that our hearts is wicked and deceitful. Who knows it? But God sends us this gift that we don't deserve. And if you're a person who gets angry when somebody don't give you a gift, stop it. Stop it. Oh, they didn't give me a gift. You don't deserve a gift. None of us deserves a gift. But I'm so good. No, you ain't. If somebody buys you a gift, you thank them. If they don't buy you a gift, well, you move on. But God gave us this gift. And all he was, we just got to thank him. We don't deserve it. All we have to do is receive it. And if you're in this room today and you have never received the gift of God, the first step is this, just stepping out in faith and receiving it. Do you need to understand everything that's in this gift? No, no. Because I believe it's by faith when you step out. Then the understanding will come. Oh, I want to understand everything about Jesus. It don't work that way. God's too big for you. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor Moody. I'm a straight A student. I have read books. Your books ain't got nothing on Jesus. Ain't got nothing on you. You ain't going to understand nothing. I don't understand why God chose me. I don't understand why God does amazing things in my life. He just does it. And when I allow God to be God, he just continues to do amazing things. But if you're in this room today, if you're in this room and you're not living by faith, 
even if you believe, but you're not living it. My prayer for you today is that you would just come to Jesus. That you would just come to Jesus. This ain't about the people around you. This is about what God want to do in your life. Chicago needs people filled with Jesus' love. Not people who admire Jesus, but people who's filled with Jesus' love and who would go all in. And my prayer today is this. And you see this bald-headed guy who's starting to sweat up here, who went all in and you heard how God is doing amazing things in his life. But that you would step out and say, I want God to do some amazing things in my life and will come all in. May I pray for you? If that's you in the room today, could you just stand up? I want to go all in. I want to be all, I want to be all in. I want God to do amazing things in my life. This is not saying you don't know Jesus. This is just saying, I want to take it to that next level in Jesus. I don't want to stand in the shallow parts of the water. I don't want to stand in the shallow parts. I want to go deeper. I want to sink deeper. I want to be in love with Jesus. God, I want you to use me to do incredible things. We're going to pray for you. 